Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln Draper. 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. They have great deals on uh, on new Fords, of course, and an additional 500 bucks off. Uh, just mentioned in the Big Show. Just taking a little extra care of the old Big Show listener. Love that. L, uh, Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on uh, the Cougs and their win over San Diego State and uh, their upcoming bowl opportunity and opponent. In fact, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, former BYU quarterback and our good friend Tanner Mangum. What's going on, Tanner? What's up, Jake? How's it going? I'm great, man. Uh, how are you doing? Things good? Things are good, yeah. Um, got to celebrate my wife's birthday yesterday, so it's, it's always right. a fun day. And then, then tomorrow is our daughter's birthday, so a lot of celebration going on. Ooh, you've got two big gift-giving days right on top of each other. That's a lot of pressure. Plus Christmas, so it, Plus it is Christmas. a lot of pressure. But but uh, you know, I, I don't mind it. It's it's all it's all good. I I, I uh, got used to the pressure, I guess you could say. Very nice. Uh, give us your thoughts on on BYU San Diego State over the weekend. I thought it very important that uh, that BYU play well after that Coastal Carolina game, and uh, thought at times they really did. Yeah, I think they bounced back uh, in, in good fashion for the most part. I think there were some things that they wish they could have. Uh, um, had back. I, I think San Diego State bailed BYU out a couple of times. Uh, obviously, the, the score finished 28-14, but I think that was that was quite lucky that they kept it to 14 points because those two those two turnovers that San Diego State gave to BYU in the red zone driving were uh, were huge uh, in BYU's favor. And uh, the, the defensive front, again, uh, kind of uh, a repeat a little bit of the Coastal Carolina game, just wasn't quite as stout as it's been all year. Uh, the, I mean, and San Diego State is known for having a, a, a tough offensive line, a run game that's kind of been their MO uh, for the past several years. So that was expected. But I was hoping to see a little bit uh, more, uh, I guess, a little, little bit more run stop more run-stopping ability than, uh, than than they did show. But at the end of the day, they held them to 14 points, and you got to give them credit for that. And and, uh, and the turnovers um, obviously helped with that. But I thought they showed some good flashes, and I think it's going to give them some good momentum and confidence going into the bowl game. So, Tanner, what's going on with the defense? Uh, as you break that down and looking at it, uh, do you, is it a talent issue or is it a, a defensive structure issue? What are you seeing? I think it all starts up front, and uh, there's there's talent there, but I think there's a little bit lack of there's a a, a lack of depth, and uh, and I, I think I don't know maybe it, it could be at the end of the year maybe players are are feeling a little bit tired, fatigued, um, you know, whatever it may be, they uh, just haven't been quite as as stout as they were at the beginning of the year, and and I I don't I don't think it's um, Unnecessarily a strategy or a formation issue because 
you know, they've, they've had success with it all year. But uh, for some reason, that the defensive line just isn't as tough as as, it, as it's been. Uh, Coastal Carolina's offense, offensive line, as as uh, undersized as they were, had their way with the defensive line, and then San Diego State did as well. Um, and uh, and then not, not causing pressure, not creating enough um, pressure in the backfield. So I think to me that's where it all starts. Uh, and and they're gonna need, they're gonna need to create pressure against Central Florida. Um, and, and so I think it's been good for these last two games against Coastal and San Diego State for them to be exposed to show what they can work on. I know they're addressing it. I know they're watching film on it and trying to figure out what they can do to, uh, to one, stop the run better, and then, two, create pressure in the backfield because uh, they're going to need that against the, the high-powered UCF offense. Tanner, do you think the, the players on the team uh, look around at the rest of college football where you know teams in the Pac-12 are playing five games and Big Ten are playing six games and seven games and, and appreciate it that they're going to get, you know, knock on wood because there's one to go, but BYU should play 12 games this year, which is, which is amazing. How do the players feel about that, do you think? Oh, I, I know they're grateful. I mean, these players are, are hungry to play, and so I know they appreciate that opportunity. And I know they appreciate uh, one Tom Homo doing whatever it took to to get games on the schedule. Uh, two Kalani for really pushing for it and fighting for it. Um, because to your point, this very well could have been a uh, a washed year, but because they got so many games, I, I think it helps the seniors. It helps them have an enjoyable final season. It helps those players that are hoping to get a, a look uh, at the NFL. I know that Zach is grateful to to have all these games because look at what it's done to his NFL stock, and uh, and so I, I think to do, to be able to have 12 games during a season like this is is pretty amazing. And you got to give credit where credit's due to the uh, to the administration, to the athletic director, and and uh, while sure the strength of schedule wasn't great, sure it, players don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, they're playing and uh, they're grateful to have the, uh, the chance to, to finish their, for the seniors to finish their career on, on such a high note. Okay, now this might be an unfair question considering that you know some of the guys on the team, but I'll go ahead and ask it anyway. Do you, other than Zach, who do you see that has the potential maybe to play in the league on that team? Yeah, I think the first player that comes to my mind is Kyrus Tonga. Uh, I mean, he's, he has the size, 6'4", Three something, three twenty-five, three thirty. Not sure exactly what it is, but I mean, he's he's got the size. I think he's got the strength. He, he has the, uh, the the play disrupting ability that that you look for from a defensive tackle or from a nose guard. Um, uh, I mean, I, I I saw it every day in practice, going against him, watching film, and then uh, and then continuing. Now he's he's had a a strong year overall. And I think he's shown that, the, that he has potential. He has the capability to really um, have a dominant presence on that defensive front. Um, I mean, there have been games, I mean, I, I just obviously spoke about it. There have been games where it hasn't been quite as strong, where I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. But uh, I, he's shown his flashes. He's shown his potential. And so to me, that's the, uh, that's the one that comes to mind. Because uh, NFL, NFL defenses need big defensive lineman and I think he he fits that uh he fits that mold pretty well anybody else um to be honest I I I think there there will be some opportunities for guys to get invites to camps 
um, you know, I, I think I really think Dax Milne has come on extremely strong. I've been really impressed with how he's improved to see his growth from 2018 to now, and uh, and then knowing that he still has another uh, year ahead. Uh, I think if he continues to get a little bit bigger um, and stronger, I think he'll I think he'll have a case because he has the speed. Uh, I think he has the the route running ability, the playmaking ability. Um, his size was always a question to me when, when, when he first started, when he first came on campus. But I think he's really improved and developed. And so I think there, there's a shot there. Um, you know, I, I, at one point, I, Zane Anderson had a shot. Uh, you know, he, he, he had the size and the athletic uh, ability and the potential. But I know injuries have really uh, affected him. And so that'll be something that the NFL scouts take into account. But if I'm being honest, there's not a lot of eye-popping NFL talent uh, that that are for sure uh, no-brainers. I think there will be some free agents that get invites to camps and guys that may, might be able to make make uh, make the most of their opportunities. But as far as surefire NFL guys, there there aren't too many. So Arizona fired uh, Kevin Sumlin, I think, before he could even leave the building after losing by uh, like 60 to Arizona State. Um, and Kalani Sataki showed up on a on a short list of possible replacements for him at Arizona. Um, knowing what you do about uh, about coach, how hard do you think it would be to pry him out of Provo? Well, I think it would be very hard. I, I think he has a lot of uh, I think he has a lot of strong ties to BYU in a lot of different ways. Uh, I, I know. I mean, obviously, it's it, in a way, it's home for him. Um, he he spent a lot of time uh, of his childhood growing up in the Provo area, right down the street from BYU. Played at BYU. Has a lot of strong familial connections there, and so anytime those are involved, that makes it tough to leave. And then not only that, but he's got his, his team that he's really turned around. Uh, you know, he he inherited a pretty good squad in 2016 in his first year, and then. And, and then saw some dips in the years that followed, but now he's kind of finally coming out of that uh, that rut. And so I think he's he's excited to, I guess, uh, see it through. But that said, the Pac-12, I mean, they've got money money to offer. That's one of the biggest uh, perks and benefits of being in a conference is the uh, the financial compensation that head coaches get and that uh, coaching staffs get. Um, recruiting would be, uh, I think. As, as we've talked about in, in previous shows, recruiting at BYU can be tough just with the academic standards and the religious standards. Uh, at a school like Arizona, you wouldn't have that. And so that can be appealing. Uh, and, and I think it can also be appealing to go in and, and turn around a, a Pac-12 school like that. And so there's obviously going to be an allure, some draws to it, but uh, I, I know that it, it would be tough just because of the, uh, the strong connections that Kalani has to BYU, to the institution, to the religion and to the people that he's uh, developed relationships with there in Provo. Speaking of coaches, uh, Tanner, you and I have talked about some of the assistants on that BYU staff who are really good coaches, who really know what they're doing, and who don't maybe that don't get the recognition that maybe some other coaches get. Would you mind uh, uh, enlightening in that regard? Yeah, uh, I've been very vocal. I've, I've, uh, I've been big fans of of Aaron Roderick and Fessy Satake. I'm, I'm a quarterback, so I'm, I'm biased to uh, to the offensive side of the ball. But they deserve a lot of credit for the turnaround that this offense has seen. In 2018, that first year with with, with uh, Coach Grimes, Coach Roderick, Coach Fessy Satake, 
there were a lot of growing pains. And I think those growing pains continued into 2019. They were still trying to find their identity and they're still trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. As, as we all know, the first half of 2018 was a lot of jet sweep, a lot of, uh, a lot of movement, a lot of pre-snap action, uh, a lot of motions from the receivers. And, uh, and, and it saw some success in some games, but then it didn't see much success in others. And then uh, the second half, they tried to open it up a little bit more, tried to you know, in, in, incorporate the pass into the offense a little bit more, uh, try to get a little more up-tempo and a little bit more no-huddle. But I think they were still trying to figure out uh, the execution of it all. 2019, same, same thing, better, but still some of the same issues. But I think finally, after three years, they've, they've figured out a system that works. Between Grimes, Roderick, Tatake, they figured out uh, the offensive scheme that they want to get after. And, and coach, I'll give Steve Clark, tight ends coach, a lot of credit as well. They figure out what schemes work. They've, they've really dialed in the execution. Players know what they're doing. Players aren't out there thinking. They've got this playbook down. They know what plays they're doing. And, and week to week, they make slight adjustments, but they're not huge adjustments. Whereas in 2018, 2019, there's a lot more of adjusting going on throughout the week, which then limits your practice time because you're trying to figure out the new plays, the new schemes. And so, you know, after three years now, the staff has really figured it out. Uh, but, but yeah, Fessy Zitake and, and Coach Roderick are huge, uh, huge pieces in the, uh, the turnaround and development of this BYU offense. They, they've really been huge proponents of pushing the ball downfield, being more up-tempo, letting players uh, play more free, play more loose, um, and, and you're really seeing the benefits of it this year. Tanner Mangum is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tanner, this isn't really a BYU-related question, just more kind of curiosity on my part. Who is your favorite quarterback to watch? Oh, boy. Let me guess. Let me guess. Tom Brady. <laughs> so it's interesting. Tom Brady, to me, it's, it's, it's a given. Like it's a it's a no brainer. Like he's always there. It's, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's, it's like I don't, I don't even it's not even a second thought. Like he's he's the man. He's you know I've always like my whole childhood. I mean he's been in the league twenty years. I mean it's it's my whole childhood and, and adolescence just grew up watching Tom Brady and appreciating his greatness. So that's always there. But I, I love watching these young quarterbacks come up and and really evolve the game and and i gotta be honest my favorite to watch is, is patrick mahomes what he can do with his with his uh with his arm talent is is incredible I and mean, i don't think people realize how talented and how special he is and he's, and he's only 24 years old and if he if he keeps this up if he keeps the uh the pace that he's on i really truly think that he'll end up as the greatest quarterback of all time he has the talent he has the arm ability to make every single throw to make throws that no one even dreamed of doing in a game and he does it with efficiency and he does it um with with very low turnovers and he's winning and he and if he can keep this up i really think he'll be one of the greatest to ever do it uh jake do you want to tell tanner how you feel about the flake gate oh yeah i think he's a total cheater 100 <laughs> percent. i mean yeah i mean you know everybody says oh not a big deal well then why did he do it because it felt right in his hand. That's all. Exactly. It. He, but it was guy, was it was it or was it not outside the rules, Gordon? Just a little bit. Oh, no, just a little bit. You know, <laughs> just just he cheated just a little bit. 
<laughs> Tanner, when you, when you, uh, when you watch, uh, NFL games, which receivers, uh, do you think, uh, would be the most fun to throw to? Uh, I've, I've always been a fan of more big bodied receivers. So I, I love watching guys like Julio Jones, uh, DK Metcalf, um, AJ Brown uh, with the Titans now, who funnily enough, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were teammates at Ole Miss. Um, just their their ability to make the the the, the contested catches, uh, to use their their wingspan and their size, uh, it's just such a crucial element of a uh, of uh, being a, a top receiver. You, you have some that are that are undersized, like guys like Tyreek Hill, who despite being a little bit undersized, they can make up for it with their speed and, and route running. But if you have height and if you have wingspan and you, and you combine that with speed, to me that's just one of the best combinations you can have. And, and I saw that at BYU in, in 2015. I had Mitch Matthews, 6'6", Nick Kurtz, 6'6", Taron Houck, 6'5", Moroni, Lalu Pututau, 6'5". And, and that, that size makes a huge difference. And, uh, and that's, so as we talked about earlier with guys like Dax Milne, Gunnar Romney, guys who have talent, who have potential. Their size has always been a concern for me as far as making it to the next level. But they've, they've both gotten bigger and, uh, and stronger. And, and I think you, if you combine that with their overall development, it gives them more of a shot. But to me, that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge deal. Another example of this locally is Tim Patrick, a receiver who played at the U. Wasn't necessarily a, a standout star at the U, but a lot of that isn't his fault. A lot of that is, I think, it's the system at, at Utah, the offensive system. Um, but here he is now playing with the Broncos now. I don't know what year this is for him, but he's been in the league for a while now. He's found a place, and a lot of that is due to his size. And he's able to use that to his to his advantage and has become a pretty good uh, weapon for that Broncos team. So that's, that's my preference, but I think a lot of QBs feel the same way. Tanner, this isn't uh, BYU-related either, but I, I'm curious to get your perspective as somebody who's just uh, a couple years removed from being a college football player. Do you have any thoughts on what's going on at Utah State, uh, anywhere from the, the players boycotting to hiring the coach this week? Do you have any thoughts as a, a recently former player as to what's kind of going on up there? Well, I know there's a lot of different emotions going on, and, and I think that's, that's a tough spot to be in right now as a player. I think a lot of players have got to be thinking about do they want to stay there? Do they want to go through that? Um, I mean, you have, to, you have to think about players oftentimes go to a school based on the coaching staff. And, and so based on what year you are, some of these players wanted to, you know, chose, Boise, chose, chose Utah State uh, to, to play for the I'm, – I'm freezing on the, the coach who was there before – Gary Anderson. Matt Wells. Uh, Matt Wells. Yeah, yeah. Matt Wells, yeah, who's now at Texas Tech. So, you know, players chose to go play for Matt Wells. He left. Uh, and then Gary Anderson came. So some players joined him because they wanted to go with him. Now he's gone. And then this, uh, the interim coach, Frank, who a lot of players obviously uh, went to bat for and feel really um, and, believe, and believe in. But he, yeah, he didn't get the head job either. And so now it's this new coach, um, uh, Brent Anderson, now from Arkansas State, and so a lot of players got to got to be thinking, you know, do I want to stay here through this uh, growth period? Um, and that's that's a tough that's a tough decision to make. Uh, and and I think it's, it's going to be a, I, I think it'll be some time before Utah State can turn things around. Um, anytime a new coach comes in, it just it, it does take some time to uh, to find that chemistry and to find the groove. 
uh, it's, I mean, Utah State had it there for a couple of years. They were one of the top teams in the Mountain West, and then just real quickly just dropped off. Um, and I think it's, it shows the power of, of coaches, the power of the system. You, you need to have good coaches in place that can one create a that, that can create a culture that players can thrive in, and then two, an offensive system. Uh, a defensive system, of course. I'm just uh, my, my quarterback um, biases. It's 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 so important to have a system that allows your offense to to be successful. And so if that you t- if you take that away, no matter what players you have, it can be tough for them to to be successful. And so I think this new staff coming in um, will do a good job. I I, I uh, know some of them, know of some of them, and, and I think there's some potential there. Um, but then it's but then on top of that, you have to look at the, the president of the Utah State and and her comments on the culture and religion of uh, of, of, of Frank, the, the interim head coach, and that's got to rub a lot of players the wrong way. It rubs me the wrong way. It rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I don't, I don't think it's right at all. And and so that's going to affect uh, the, the feelings of a lot of players, and you know might might uh, encourage some of them to leave. You know they don't want to be in an environment like that where. Uh, attitudes and stereotypes and um, prejudices are are are, uh, are there, and so uh, I think that that might might also affect recruiting. And so it's 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 a tough situation, a lot going on. Long-winded way of saying there's a lot going on there, and I think it's going to take some time for all the dust to settle and uh, for things to get straightened out up in Logan. Last thing for me, Tanner, is uh, there's been a lot of talk on the station today, and Jake and I have talked about it in uh, in recent times. The whole transfer phenomenon and so many players leaving from one school to another. Do you have any problem with that? Do you think that's weak-minded in any way for a player to do that, uh, that they should stick it out? Or do you think it's, hey, man, it's just people looking for opportunity? No, I I don't think it's weak-minded at all. I I really, truly feel that um, players have to do what's best for them. Uh, And you have to... Be willing to understand that uh, sometimes things don't work out the way you think they do, or the, or the way you think they will, and and you can't fault the player for looking to go to a different school where they're going to have an opportunity to, to play more, or they're going to have a, a a different system to to play in. Uh, they, you know, they're trying to boost their chances of making it to the NFL. I mean, kids dream of going to the NFL. I mean, it's 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 such a a huge thing that that they work for and aspire to, and 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 so if they feel that it, that dream can best be uh, pursued somewhere else, then more power to them. And I wish them the best. Uh, there there are obviously uh, certain occasions where you do have to just fight for your job and fight for a position, and uh, and sometimes um, you you do have to go through hard things. Um, but if you know, but if you have really given it your all and, and, and you've done your best, but it's just it's not working out, and there's another opportunity elsewhere that 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 uh, that is at your uh, disposal, then then yeah, go for it. And and, and and I wish you know wish them all the best. And I th- I think it's um, a little bit unfair to, to punish them to to make them sit out a year, um, especially if. Coaches, you know, in a way, coaches transfer all the time. They go from one place to another looking for a different opportunity, a better opportunity. They're not punished for it. I don't think players should either. Um, you know, these, these are young kids. The, the older I get, you know, I'm still young, but I, I still now I look back at college and I'm like, man, we, we were young. We were kids. 
And a lot of these kids coming out of high school, 18, 19, they're still figuring things out. And, uh, and so while they might have high hopes at one school, it might not work out. And, and you can't fault them for wanting to, uh, to go to another, another uh, school to, to pursue a different opportunity. Tanner, thank you for jumping on with us as always. And have fun uh, spoiling that daughter of yours on her birthday. Will do. Always do. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jordan. Good to hear. There you go. That's our friend Tanner Mangum. Man, wife birthday Monday, daughter birthday Wednesday, and Christmas right around the corner. That's that's the gift given gauntlet right there. Yep, it sure is, Jake. It sure yeah, is. There's a lot of pressure there. They gotta you gotta <laughs> hit home runs like four at bats in a row. It's rough. All right, uh, we're here live. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln Draper. Come see us. One one four four two South Lone Peak Parkway. Our friend Mike jumping on with us once again. Gordon, Mike has uh, done a little research into our uh, 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 our little muscle car over here. Mike, let's let's oh, talk about what uh, what's putting that bad boy together. Wow, this is uh, it's a it's a limited package. Uh, okay. the carbon. It's got a package called the Carbon Fiber Track Package. Uh, the wheels are carbon. The instrument panels carbon. Uh, the fiber wing in the back of the car. It's got Recaro seats. This car's got 760 horsepower. Oof. It's not for the faint of heart, for sure. But it will never tell you I do not love you. <laughs> if, if, you if you if this is a car that fits into your social economic world, you get what they call a uh, a, a track attack. This is uh, paid for by Ford at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. You get a day of driving the cars on a racetrack. Wow. How fun yeah. would that be? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's this is a nice car. It's it's well done. It's you need to be careful if you're driving it, though. I, I, I've seen people push the gas too much and do 360s, well, 760s actually. But so if you've got a lead foot by, like uh, my man Gordon here, you got to uh, you got to be yeah. easy. Go easy on it's, that. It's the next get best away thing. Uh, Was that teleporting? You can't teleport. Get a get a GT 500. <laughs> well, you've got a lot going on here. Of course, you're, you're doing an extra 500 dollars off for big show listeners. Come in and mention the show. But tell me a little bit about this trade assistance because that sounds pretty cool too. Um, it's up to 2250. Uh, when you come in, they give you a value on the trade. We can help out with an extra 200 or 2,250 up to 2,250 dollars. Um, it's on the 20s only. Okay. Um, they're not doing a lot of. Uh, the, the, it's so so scarce out there right now that right. the 21s are getting the price that they can get. That being said, we do have some on the lot. Bronco Sports, uh, the F-150s, but we still have a lot of 20s where you can save a lot of money, get a brand new car, brand new manufacturer warranty. You know, there's uh, edges, there's expeditions, there's escapes, fusions. So come in, get a new car, get a great deal, lots of rebate, 0%. Tell us how we can help, and if we can get you there, we will. You know, you got to make a little room. That's to our listeners' advantage, right? And come in and get a great deal. As, uh, Plus the $500 favorite. on yeah, top of that for being yeah. big show, baby. All right, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln here in Draper. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That's inside. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. (laughs) This one goes out to Matt. 
This apparently was Hulk Hogan's intro theme song on a Total Request Tuesday. Or a theme song Tuesday, whatever it is. Total Request Tuesday, that's right. <laughs> we used to have theme song Tuesday. That's why I get confused. Total Request Tuesday, uh, songs about Americana. We're here at Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln, in Draper. So Ford, very much Americana. So your, your <laughs> songs about Americana. That's a good one, Matt. Thank you very much. wonder who wrote that for the Hulk. Don't know. Don't know. I've heard of, you know, your walk-up music and whatnot. You've got to get that right. What would be Jake Scott's walk-up music? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't, I've never thought of this question seriously, only what would make me laugh. And uh, I always thought the funniest one would be I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Can you imagine, you know, like everybody goes for these, everybody goes for these songs that'll like strike fear into their opponents. Now batting. Yeah. Number 17. (laughs) The shortstop, Jake Scott. You get up, you know, Gordon, you step into the batter's box, you know, you give the pitcher a little wink. (laughs) (laughs) Take your base. I think it would throw him off. That's all I'm saying. I think it would throw him off. I think it'd be funny. <laughs> uh, what about you? <laughs> um, hmm. How about, uh, how about TNT? ACDC? Okay. Yeah. I, I feel be a stereotype. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like ACDC very much, but that does feel, you know, like it's been done. Yeah. Uh, okay, I grant you that. Uh, who was the uh, who was the catcher for the Cardinals back in the day? Who was who was kind of a weird duck? Just kind of an odd duck, and he had tubular bells as his uh, his music. I don't even know what that is. I don't either. It's isn't that the isn't that one of those songs from uh, The Exorcist? Jeez, oh, I don't know. I don't either. I, th- I think this would fit you, Gordon. Sex. <laughs> For Chester. Yep. Now batting. Fresh off parole. <laughs> Chester, Chester, Chester. Shadows. Ooh. Mm. I always thought it was funny that there, there's a, an old Simpsons where Homer is a boxer and his walkout music was, why can't we be friends? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, wait, well, Austin, what about you? Oh, Carl. Uh, I'll probably, uh, I'd probably go with, since we're trying to be a little funny here, how about uh, Take My Breath Away by Berlin? <laughs> The Top Gun song? Why, yeah. Why can't we be friends? It's <laughs> too much. Uh, yeah, so I, I think we can get a little creative with our walkout music as opposed to just, you know, going with the, the standard, you know, tough guy music or whatever. Yeah, can you imagine, uh, Austin? Oh, I'd hit a walk-off every time. Like almost <laughs> twirling to the plate to this song? <laughs> <laughs> Just stretching in the on-deck circle. (laughs) Oh, man. 
put everybody in the mood. <laughs> For so, what? I don't know what. Home runs, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Touch them all. <laughs> yeah, you got to get creative, though, with your 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 uh, walkout theme, I think. But you just go with with uh, ACDC, TNT. Is that I the one you said? Know. I I mean, one I of the most memorable uh, introductory songs was ACDC, right? For uh, for Trevor Hoffman, Hell's Bells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were uh, right. Or, uh, you, you always knew he was coming in the game when you heard the the dong at the beginning of that song. Yeah, you knew Trevor was coming in to close it down. Also, Got to uh, admit that was pretty rad. What's up, Mariano Rivera's? Uh, yeah, Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, Sandman. Yeah, that's good stuff. I like that, man. I like it when guys, when you recognize guys by their music. I'd say. The one of the most common ones, I swear there was at one point in the, I don't know, mid 2000s where you'd go to a bees game and every other uh, walk up song was crazy train. (laughs) See, you kind of pick something. You got to pick something different. You got to pick something that's yours, you know, not everybody else's. I know that a lot of people do this, but this is a pretty rad. (laughs) Every third batter. Walkout song. (laughs) Every third batter at the crazy train. No, you gotta make it your own. Yeah, see, that's why I went with Boys to Men. Nobody's doing that. And now the center fielder. <laughs> Starting pitcher today, Joe. <laughs> yeah, a lot of crazy train. Man, crazy all right, train. Uh, just give us some of that uh, on uh, on your on your Twitter. Uh, let us know what your walk. It's walk up music. Is what, what, what are you? Yeah, walk up music. Yeah, yeah, or intro music or whatever. Yeah, yeah. your walk up music. What it. would you? What would you pick for you? I, mean, I don't know what you, our listeners, do for a living, but when you walk into the office <laughs> in the morning, what what music needs to be playing? If I were a closing pitcher in Major League Baseball, my my music would be Loser by Beck. Austin, can you give us a little bit of that? I need to be okay. refreshed. What is this song? Why do you have to let a linger by the cranberry? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like you ah. send the message, like yeah. I'm coming in, I'm coming in to give up some runs. <laughs> We, we think we're going to win, but we're going to the lefty out of the bullpen to, to give up a few. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. To each his own. Okay. Well, I we could probably – I think we could do a little bit better for Gordon. We could come up with uh, with something for, for Gordo. Not TNT? Well, you. I mean, I was thinking we could we could think a little more critically. Yeah, right. This, see, this would be good. <laughs> I'm going to sneak up on the plate. Now batting. Chester, <laughs> as, as you wink at the gal in the third row. And, and your parole officer removes the handcuffs. <laughs> oh, that'd be Lloyd, wouldn't it? No, I mean, it might be Chester. It might be Chester, too. <laughs> Chester takes his cake. Chester, Chester Shadow's coming in. Yeah, but what about for me? Not for Chester, for me. 
Well, he is your alter ego. So All right, but I'm talking you. about for me. Uh, for what, me. So what was the Glenn Miller Symphony's biggest hit? Or, or what about the <laughs> uh, what about the Benny Hill music for Gordon? Oh, come on. <laughs> have some respect. <laughs> what do you mean have some respect? <laughs> Give it <Now> up. Maddie. <laughs> Number 99. <laughs> hey, right. Come on. Here come some errors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy bunts with two outs every time. He once had a grand slam left-handed with the bases empty against eight-year-olds. Gordon Monson. Yeah, I was nine. Seventeen. Oh, man. Come on. Oh, how about this? Uh, Gage says, Gordon's walk, uh, walk-up song should be anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, that is fun. true. What? Yep, that's that a is. good story. I don't think I can top that. <laughs> Said Gordon, never. Uh, if, uh, all right. If you have an idea I for a walk-up song, for Jake, Austin, and me, or for yourself, yes, at Gordon Monson, at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton. Oh, man. All right. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up live from Larry H. Miller, Ford, Lincoln, yes, Draper. Stay yes, tuned. Yes, I can. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Any note you can sing, I can sing higher. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait. Who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. A clean home is a festive home, and Zero Res has a deal for you. $33 per room of carpet cleaned. Schedule these three rooms and get an extra room for free. 801-288-9376. Give them a call today. Live at Larry H. Miller, Ford Lincoln Draper. Come see us. Uh, say hello. Get an extra $500 off of uh, a new car just for mentioning the Big Show. 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Our producer, Austin Horton, has an enemies list somewhere you don't want to end, uh, end up. Uh, I think I, I'm on there, so that's terrific. But uh, we put a couple of uh, people or groups of people on there a week. And uh, who's going on there today? Uh, people uh, that have no respect and ruin it for everybody else. In one specific uh, way, I'll tell you. My grandfather, uh, who's who's uh, since passed, he was in the Air Force, and one of his jobs wa- during the uh, Korean War was he was in the hangar and he was in charge of all the tools for the the mechanics in the in the air, in the in the for the airline, uh, or, or I'm sorry, the Air Force mechanics, and he had everything uh, scrubbed and shiny, and everything had its spot, and every spot had its thing, and he always uh, taught me that you always return things that you've borrowed better than it was when you took it. Or, as you learned in the Boy Scouts, you leave uh, you leave a place better than when you first got there, right? That's something that both of you uh, sometimes adhere to as well. <laughs> uh, but over the weekend, down in Zion National Park, 
there was discovered a lot of graffiti scrawled upon the walls and in those ancient uh, narrows down there. And uh, this, of course, stemming off of the, the ridiculous stories of these monoliths showing up in protected areas and uh, just ruining the, the, the nature. And this comes uh, courtesy from our guy Lloyd Cole, actually, is who I saw this posted, posted this. Over 4 million people visit Zion every year, the post states, and it asks that all park visitors have the opportunity for discovery by leaving rocks, plants, archaeology, artifacts, and other objects as you found them, the goal, of course, being called Leave No Trace. But according to a post on the, on the pages, uh, park's Facebook page, Nearly everyday staff members find words and shapes carved, drawn, painted, sometimes with mud and dirt, but other times with uh, actually paint or carved, you know, gouged into the side of the wall. And there, it's just a matter of time until none of us are ever allowed back into these places because a handful of people can't keep their hands to themselves. So if you've ever damaged, vandalized, or, or done anything of the sort that left something worse off than when you were there, you're going on the list today like these culprits down in Zion National Park. Mm. Well said. Yeah, well that's said. not good. Mm-hmm. Got to enjoy nature. Don't want to ruin it. Uh, good one there, Austin. I, I agree. I wonder how much damage uh, was done uh, for those uh, people going to see that stupid thing, uh, that stupid the monolith, monolith thing. yeah. Because apparently the road access wasn't very good, and people were parking their cars everywhere and trampling yeah. everything. And, and did you you know a few years back the guy that lit a fire under the Utah Arch so that he could take a, a picture at night, and he was trying to win some kind of photograph contest, and it permanently scarred the, underneath the Utah Arch, and now you can't even get up there except for certain times of the year because they've got it all roped off. And So just stop ruining it for everybody else. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like starting fires. <laughs> Why do you think people do that? To get warm? No. Why do, why do people deface uh, stuff like that? Doesn't make any sense. Or... I don't know. Why do people do half this stupid stuff? This that phone do? number that is posted here looks really familiar, actually. What, what is that? Uh, that? Is that your number there, Gordon? Were you down in Zion's this last weekend? No, I was not. I would never do that. Go to Zion's? You, did you ever, did you ever uh, uh, carve a, a G plus L with a heart around it into a tree? <laughs> I don't think I did. No? no you what about on that? the sands of the beach? Yeah, I've done that. You have? You've written something in the sand? You've you've done the G plus L with a heart around it in the sand? Oh, I don't know if I've done that. But what I've have you written? written in the sand? Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember. It's uh, erased from my memory, you know, one wave later. Have you ever placed a love letter in a bottle and thrown it out into the waves? No. See, it, this is this is either Gordon's really, like, writing something in the sand, either... or. Gordon's extremely sappy side or Gordon's extremely juvenile side? Which one do you think it is? Because if Gordon's writing words in the sand, it's either something sappy like love you or it's like Poop. dirty words. Yeah, exactly. Oh, please. And I'm going with juvenile. Yeah, he probably wrote fart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you see that? I wrote fart. <laughs> 
You know, uh, Old Dominion has a song. <laughs> I think it's called "Written in the Star." Are we written in the stars or written in the sand? Which are you, Jake? Written in the stars or written in the sand? Neither. How about your love for your beautiful wife? Is that written in the stars or written in the sand? I think it's written on some paper that has a, <laughs> a couple of signatures on there, like a witness or something like that. And then, I don't know, I gave it to the state, so they, they've got it somewhere. There's a, a Gordon signature on there. Huh? The Gordon signature is on there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's written in the stars, man. What does that even mean? That's yeah. permanent. That that's like these these commercials that run and say you could give your loved one a star for this for Christmas this year for fifty five dollars the National Star Registry you can name yeah. it after your loved one. Yeah. What's to say they're not just taking your money and, and naming the same right. star it's every other day? It's I understand for that. sure. But you get you grasp the idea of something written in the stars versus written in the sand. I mean, not really. You guys. I can control writing in the sand. You know, that sappy stuff. Like, oh, the only thing my wife sees when she gazes deeply into my eyes is how bloodshot they are. (laughs) (laughs) And regret. Let's get Naz on the phone. I want to. Does Jake have a single romantic uh, particle left in his soul? Uh, Sure. Uh, uh, Like, when was the last time you were romantic? Oh. (laughs) Would <laughs> define that term. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know romance if, if, when you see having it. Having a good time here, and <laughs> Gordon wants to know when's the last time you had a good time. <laughs> no, I don't, what, do you, what, do you mean, <laughs> what do you mean by romance? Like, let her pick the movie? <laughs> Is that what you can do? We've, 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 what do you mean romance? We barely left the house in nine months. <laughs> No, Jake no. replaced the toilet paper you, last week. You, when was the last time you brought your wife flowers or you did something nice for her? Or, you know, you hauled some mulch in bags up to the uh, up to the planter. <laughs> you know, did something romantic. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I folded her laundry the other day. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice. Yeah. When was the last time you did that for Lisa? Last time I did that for Lisa, she scolded me for not folding it upright. So I, you know, I, Jake, don't you know that you don't set precedents? You know, you got to know. <laughs> yeah, we know your relationship with laundry. That's why I ask. No, man, I don't tread where my wife uh, doesn't want me to. And so that's. Uh... Honey, I'm allergic to bounce. So I'm going to go ahead and let you, you know, handle that part of the household. <laughs> oh, man, it's nowhere. It's nowhere near like you guys illustrated here on the show where's the washing machine (laughs) (laughs) the washing machine makes me sneeze so you're just uh you're gonna your hand all right we're live at larry h miller ford lincoln and draper speaking of that laundry room my wife just redid redecorated our laundry room and uh she it's her she loves it in there man she was so excited about that that's nice How nice for you. Our laundry room's basically a dungeon. <laughs> That's how it should be. Yeah. Is, your, is your laundry room in the basement? If oh, yeah. Thing, if there's not mold growing on the ceiling, you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> cement floor in there, cement walls, a, a window that... Uh, there should be an echo. <laughs> that, a, a window that a prisoner would complain about. Yes. Faint <laughs> ripping noises. Yeah, that's like it smells, it smells like about. the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. You're right. <laughs> Decorated. Are you kidding me?
You got to have like a Black Widow spider web in a corner it's, somewhere. It's, it's decorated with all the crap that I don't need, but don't have the heart to throw away. <laughs> that's the that's the decorations. Like my my little league baseball equipment. That's that's what it's decorated with. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're here, as I mentioned, Larry H. Miller, Ford, Lincoln, and Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Mike jumps on with us once again. Mike, is your is your laundry room decorated? I, well, I was thinking about the murder-death-kill rooms. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's decorated like Halloween year-round. Right. You, you, but you don't have the Monet down there, huh? You don't, no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> I hate, All right, let's, let's, I hate you guys. I hate you guys. Let's talk about what you're doing for our listeners, Mike, because you take such great care of them. Oh, the big show. All the fans of the big show, 97.5. If you come in today, today being Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? It is Tuesday. All right. Uh, $500 in addition to everything else. So make your deal. Slap down $500 on any new 21, any new 2020 vehicle. We've got uh, F-150s available. Uh, we've got Bronco Sports uh, 2021. And then uh, in 2020, we have Escapes. We have Expeditions. We have Edges. We have Fusions. Zero percent. There's rebates. And the best of all on the 2020s is uh, up to $2,250. It's trade assistance. So don't, don't waste time. Come down to the Ford King, baby. Uh, just to just to point something out, you said you have the F one fifties available. They've been really popular this year, and that's not always true everywhere you go. No, it's uh, the Ford is the number one selling truck in the nation. Uh, we can't keep these on the lot. It, it's it's given the circumstances yeah. with the economy, etc. So uh, they're they're got great rebates on the twenty twenties, but the F one fifties. They're, we can't keep them, so they will be gone probably by the end of the month. We get them coming out, but they're it's slow drift. People Triple. need to get on it. Today. Yeah. All right. You heard Mike. Uh, come on down and see us. We're here. Larry H. Miller, Ford, Lincoln here in Draper, 11442 South Lone Peak Parkway. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate Thanks, you. Jake. All right. Mention the big show. Get an extra 500 bucks off. No big deal. Uh, we're talking to our friend Matt Williamson. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.